The perfect combination of versatile athleisure and training apparel has arrived. Thanks to the visionary minds of New Balance, Clutch Athletics, and Rich Paul, the designs reflect the heart of the athlete and the spirit of the community. With rising defensive stars Will Anderson and Chase Young on the roster, Clutch Athletics brings the best innovative gear to all athletes, giving them style and performance on and off the field. Learn more and purchase Clutch Athletics at NewBalance.com. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Big Six Podcast, CBS Sports Daily NFL Podcast. I'm Will Brinson. I'm your host. It is Monday, September 14th. We have a full week of Sunday regular season games in. Uh, it's done. You can check out, of course, Sunday night recap show. I think it was a heater. Felt like it went really well. It was two hours long, an hour and 50 minutes. Uh, Debo was up until 4 a.m. editing it, no doubt. You can, uh, you can actually hear so joining me now to preview the Monday night games for, for week one, Tyler Sullivan, Tyler. So Sully, sorry. Um, you've got, we've got a, a situation where breach, we talked about Pete Prisco as a peacock and he goes, breach goes, what about Pete cock? Like, hmm, maybe not, John, maybe not. So hmm. that was, so if you want to check that out, go listen to the podcast. Okay. Pod. All right. Yeah. The tune in. Um, yeah. Steelers are the giants. Let's dive right in. Cause we got to cover two games on Monday. Let's night. do it. I hate, by the way, the, the second Monday night game. Oh, it's, it's I loved sick. it when I was before I got married and had a kid. But even I mean, then, it, it was like you'd be up till two a.m. Right? Like I'm in that I'm in that stage right now. Like you know, single. You know, not single. My girlfriend's gonna kill me for saying that. But you know, not married, no <laughs> kids, and so like it's the ideal situation for somebody like me. But like it still I don't sucks. Know, when, when, when you yeah, work yeah. it, and it's still it's tough. If you were in like Chicago or L.A. and not Boston, it'd be fine. Oh, yeah. East Coast, I mean, East Coast is brutal. And it's not like you get the, you know, it's not like you get to sleep until noon the next day. I guess you could in theory, but you probably got to, you know, we all got to work. I, I learned long ago, you know, you know, our old job was in Nashville based out of there. The central time zones where you want, like that is, that is the, the ideal time zone you want to be in. You know, those 10, 10 games, it's like a nine o'clock. It's not bad. You can deal with that. I, I like Football the central starts time. starts at noon on Sundays. Oh, beautiful. Isn't that right? Yeah. Yeah. Right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Beautiful. Yeah. That is, that might be better. Like baseball starts like 5 p.m. That's that to me is is the prime spot because like you know I, I don't I mean I don't mind the occasional like London game that's at 9 a.m. But yeah. I don't think I need that every day on the West Coast. I, I don't need week. 12 games starting at. In fact, this this uh the Steelers Giants game Steelers minus six at the Giants the over under 45 and a half. This game starts at like seven o'clock. Yeah, right? yeah, didn't that I right? I like that. Yeah, I believe you. I think you're right. Yeah. yeah, I could get down with Monday Night Football every week at seven o'clock Eastern Time. Like, why do we oh, have yeah. to kowtow to these these West Coast elitists? Uh, anyway, you've got a pre seven twenty five Eastern kick. That's so much better than eight twenty. Oh, it's beautiful. Hey, yeah, I mean, let's get let's get it on, people. Uh, the Steelers are minus two fifty on the money line. The Giants are plus two ten on the money line. You have a preview up on CBSSports.com. Uh, I would say, for, I mean. What sort of stands out to you about this game? Try to preview it because it's hard. There are a lot of unknowns, particularly with the Steelers and Ben Roethlisberger. Yeah, I mean, you know, there are, but, you know, out of the two Monday night games, I thought this was actually the easiest one to really kind of pinpoint what we like, just because I, you know, as much as there is an unknown with Ben Roethlisberger missing, you know, the bulk of last season, 
I still feel like we know what we're going to get from him to a certain degree. Sure, I kind of see this game maybe him coming out a little bit slow. You know, maybe you want to like maybe lean towards making take the Giants and the points of the first half. Maybe that's something you want to look at. But overall, I just don't see the Giants secondary holding this offense to to really anything throughout this game. I still think he is going to be a capable quarterback and being able to light it up. His weapons are fantastic. And then on the other side, that was a top three defense in the NFL last year going up against Daniel Jones and weapons that he really doesn't have a lot of experience with. I mean, I, you know, we'll talk about it a little bit later. I like Darius Slayton, but didn't really have a lot of time with Golden Tate, who's questionable for this game. You know, Sterling Shepard didn't have a lot of time with him. Evan Ingram, all those guys he didn't really get to play with, and now you're trying to ask him to build up that chemistry with no preseason games against the top-ranked defense. That, that, that's a really tough thing to look at here. So that's why I like the Steelers here, even with the points. And there's a history of it, too, and we can get into that if you want. Well, so here's my thing with this game. I think when you look at it on the, when you look at it from a traditional NFL perspective, the Giants at home on Monday night, getting points from the Steelers or the quarterback we don't know anything about. This is ridiculous. Like, get, give me the Giants, baby. Cause I mean, this is the dog at home on Monday night. This is a prime spot where you want to back the dog. However, Tyler, having watched the entire Sunday slate of games. I think I may be coming around to the idea that the Steelers are an absolute hammer spot because consistency across the board and talent and depth and skill on the offensive and defensive line appear to be ruling the day like bad teams. And this isn't true with like, like Washington was getting beat up by Philly early on and then flipped the script on them. So I get it. Uh, that's not, you know, it didn't happen in every case, but like, you know, like the Ravens stomped the Browns. And the Browns have a lot of moving parts. The Giants are a little similar because they have a new offensive coordinator in Jason Garrett. They lose Nate Solder, who opted out. And Nate Solder hadn't been very good, but I mean, he's, you know, the starting left tackle. They have a second year quarterback in Daniel Jones. I mean, this, there is, this is a second year quarterback. He's a third year quarterback. Daniel Jones second. Yeah. Right. 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 Yeah. 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 I was like, did he sit behind Eli for a year? Um, a couple of games. It's 1030. It's, it's, (laughs) my brain is shot. Uh, yeah, that's right. They, he replaced him a couple games in. Anyway, and then Eli came back later in the year. Yeah. If that feels like four years ago. That was it last really, year. I mean, I don't blame it. It does feel like 82 and a half years ago. That was last year, huh? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Interesting. That's right. Cause you replaced him in that Tampa Bay game. Anyway, anyway, the, the larger point here is that I am extremely concerned about the Giants ability to hold up against what with a bad offensive line against a very good defensive front of the Steelers. Yeah, and like I said, continuity is just so important over these first, you know, few weeks, maybe first month of the season until you start really getting that, con- you know, the, the the chemistry just by playing over the first four games there. But even to that point, point will I mean, you know, the CBS Sports Research team did all this, all this stuff, but it's unbelievable when you look at the Giants as a home dog over the last two years. They're one in ten against the spread, zero in five last year so so to me that right there is just you know, that's the, last you know, year another, they lost all, they were they were between one and six and a half point dogs and lost by double digits in every single game yeah and, and i don't think they're that that you know that much better this year and the road favorites last year on Monday night football six and one against the spread so i mean there just so many signs pointing to the steelers being the play here and of course that that'll mean that the giants will blow them out by like 50 you know that's just how the way things go but right now i look at the steelers being just the, the, the clear favorite here get, you know give up the points it's totally fine with me 
I just like everything about them right now, whether it's the offense. I still think, you know, Ben Roethlisberger is going to come back here relatively sharp. I think he might struggle to begin with just because he hasn't had those preseason games to really kind of shake loose and, and shake off that rust. But when you get to the second half there, I, I just think they're going to open it up. That secondary isn't great. They have plenty of weapons. Juju Smith-Schuster, Deontay Johnson, James Washington, Chase Claypool, James Conner, Eric Ebron. It just seems like it's an embarrassment of riches against a secondary that's that's asking to get lit up. Yeah, man. I mean, the more you look at this, it's just it's tough to dive down. So, I mean, I think I mean I think I'm in on flipping from the Giants to the the Steelers. I might flip my pick on CBSSports.com. I'm certainly gonna do it in my pick school. And I might just hammer the Steelers tonight. I do think too the other thing that if you like Pittsburgh, uh, the money line, maybe doing a parlay. Yeah. Um, the Vegas Knights are playing tonight. They're like a minus one seventy. That's not a terrible. Addition okay. to a money line parlay, right? Well, I don't know much about hockey. Yeah, neither do I. I'm a, I, I watch the Bruins, that, but then that's really about it. He'd be being here in Boston. I watch the Canes and then, then watch the Bruins lose. Sort of exactly. like a Jordan Freud thing. Uh, all right. So let's get to these props. So you, so you're in on the Steelers. You have a yeah. lean on the over under. Yeah. 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 Uh, probably go with the over there. That's probably what I would, I would probably lean with to the Just over. Garbage time from the Giants. Yeah. You know, cause maybe, cause you know, to I'll, me, I'll tell you what, I don't I, even know if it's that. I'll tell you what I like. It's garbage game. time. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, I was going to say. First half under. Okay, that's I not bad. I almost don't mind taking the the points with the with the Giants in the first half. I think you get like three points there. It wouldn't surprise me if Ben Roethlisberger comes out a little bit slow and then halftime adjustments they light it up in the second half, right? I wouldn't mind taking. A, I think it's three points. I think it's about a field goal that you'll grab. Wouldn't shock me if all of a sudden Daniel Jones does you know somewhat decent, keeps it relatively close. Maybe Saquon Barkley just goes off. And Ben Roethlisberger struggles a little bit to get into a rhythm. And all of a sudden you're talking about a field goal game going into, going into halftime. Like that wouldn't surprise me at all, but I overall think the Steelers are going to wipe the floor with them. You know, could be in the second half. Uh, over under, I'm seeing 22 for the first half. I, I like the, I like the first half under a lot. Yeah, We've seen a lot of these games come out slow and I think Pittsburgh will be methodical. Look, Jason Garrett's running the offense for New York now. So they should be, they should be using Saquon a lot. They're going to grind it out. Maybe they'll try and take a shot play early on because it's Monday night. But I think they don't want to – like, what you can't have happen if you're in New York is have – you turn it over and all of a sudden everything's flipped on your face. You're scoop slammed. You're down 17 in the first quarter, and you're, like, having to throw it 40 times. That That is a recipe for disaster. So I would anticipate both of these teams are really conservative. Uh, I'll take the under, and I, I'm with you. I'll take the Steelers uh, minus six here. That It's – just got to win by a touchdown. They've been, yeah, they can, they can blow, me, they can blow this out and cover late with a defensive score too. That, yeah, I was going to say that seems like a double digit win every day of the week. Yeah. Um, all right. Let's get to some props from tonight. What do you like? Well, I know I'm trying to get these freaking, give me some props, put these props up, William Hill. All right. We're looking at William Hill. Ben Roethlisberger total passing touchdowns is set at one and a half. The over is minus 170. That is a little, I'm surprised that that is that high. I don't think I would um, definitely like. I, I think I would take the under there. I I don't. See, here's my thing. Do you think that the Steelers are going to want to come out and be like, "Look, Ben's back," or do you think they'll just be like, "Let's go run the ball, play great defense, and get a win and get out of dodge"? I don't even think it's you know, oh, here's Ben Roethlisberger, he's back at it again. But I just think that Ben Roethlisberger is going to want to see what he can do and see what they have in him against. And it's kind of one of those things too, going up against this deep, this secondary in New York. It's almost like one of those, like, you know, Alabama going up against, you know, a Division One A team, just a tune-up game going into the season. I think this is one of those situations where it's like, all right, 
we know we can win this game. Let's see what Ben Roethlisberger can do. Let's see what his limitations are. Let's see what that elbow looks like coming into this. So we're going to kind of let it loose a little bit. Sure, you want to maybe not expose him to too much. I'm not saying he's going to drop back and throw it like, you know, 45, 50 times throughout the game. You don't want to ruin that arm right out of the gate. But I do think that they're going to want to see how he developed, how he's recovered so far. Because, again, these snaps are of the essence. It's not like you can just, you know, run the football and get out of dodge. You kind of got to know what you have here. You didn't have, you know, that that you know, that dress rehearsal game in the preseason or anything like that. I, I do see Roethlisberger throwing quite a bit here. Okay. All right. I think I do think, though, one of, I, I, one of the things that hurt him two years ago was that he led the league in passing attempts, like 600-plus. Yeah. I think they will want to try and limit the wear and tear on the arm and sort of ease him back. So maybe I will get you give me a prop that you like. I would lean under pl- at plus one forty five on Roethlisberger touchdowns just personally. Uh, but give me uh, give me give me a, give me something that you particularly like. Well, we've been talking a lot about the Steelers, so I'll, I'll go to the Giants there just to kind of well round it. And I'll look at Saquon Barkley. There's a couple of them there. Anytime touchdown score plus one hundred. He's their their best offensive player. It just seems like at some point, whether it's in the receiving game or it's you know a goal line a goal line rush, he's going to get into the end zone at some point. I don't love betting touchdowns. I really don't because they're just so erratic. Sure. But when you're looking at Saquon Barkley, it just makes all the sense in the world when you're getting plus money. Why not you know throw a little bit on that there? And then the other one, well, well, and you look Barkley. at what well, you look at yep. like so in the Super Bowl, you always want to bet under on. Shortest touchdown scored at one and a half. Because, and people are like, why would you do that? Well, pass interference puts it on the one and then they're going to run the ball in. Uh, or you get in the red zone and you know, like you can just see shorter. It just happens. It happens almost every game. So it makes total sense that you would go with Saquon Barkley's anytime touchdown. You're basically, it's basically the same bet. You're basically yeah. betting that the Giants will have the ball on the one yard line at some point and punch it in and or, and or could be even closer. So I, I agree with you. I like Barkley there. And the other one with Barkley, too, and we kind of alluded to this earlier, uh, the under at 70 and a half rushing yards plus 105, that to me is a little bit interesting because, you know, if the Steelers come out to this great start, let's just say Ben Roethlisberger is like we, what we maybe think, like back like he, back like he always was, and they blow them out earlier, that completely eliminates the run for the Giants. You know, Saquon Barkley, he's talented enough to still be a factor in the passing game. And maybe they have to abandon the run there. Maybe, like you said, if they come out, you know, defensive turnover, turn touchdown, you're down two scores. You can't really run the football the way you would want to normally. Your game script kind of goes out the window. And then there goes, you know, Barkley's opportunity in the rushing game. Now, he could still put up a ton of yards as a receiver. But still, that one is interesting to me, especially if we think this is going to be a blowout. Uh, and if you're going to do that, if you're going to bet on the under in the rushing yards, I don't mind that at all. Go ahead and parlay it. Do a little like half unit parlay with the with the rushing yards under and Saquon Barkley over receptions because you're basically yeah. you're talking about this with DFS. That's, that's a, yeah, it's exactly what you're trying to. What you're, you're, ba- what you're you're betting on a correlation there. Mm-hmm. Um. Uh. Okay. Sorry. Uh. My son is screaming about something. He'll be fine. Uh. He'll come up here if he needs to. Uh. Like anything else? Any, no, no. He'll be all right. Uh. Anything else that uh that that stands out to you in in Barkley's receptions is three and a half. I would take. I would absolutely take the over there. I think he gets four catches for sure in this game. That would uh, surprise me. I like kind of like the Evan Ingram under on total receptions, under four and a half here at William Hill, plus 120. The logic being that while Evan Ingram is going to be a primary weapon in the passing game, this is not a great spot for him because of the presence of Minka Fitzpatrick. I mean, this and, and as well, Devin Bush. Like, they have guys who can limit what Ingram can do in terms of getting up the scene. Now, if it ends up being Daniel Jones dink and dunk to Evan Ingram, then we're in trouble. But I don't hate the under there. The one thing you would worry about is, if again, if it's a blowout, and the Steelers are up big. 
are they are they passing late and he's picking up garbage time? Yeah, yeah, I, I totally agree with you on that one. The other one that I was looking at too, uh, James Conner receptions over three and a half minus one fifteen. You know, he was he was around that number three point four with Duck Hodges and Mason Rudolph last year. With Ben Roethlisberger in twenty eighteen, he was averaging four in uh, four point two catches a game. He's just such a big piece. The Steelers love to have that kind of bell cow back, even though there's an injury history there with James Conner. But he's not injured entering week one. And if he is the same kind of guy that we're accustomed to when he's healthy, he is very heavily involved in the passing attack there. And and let's just say maybe they don't want to, you know, really, ex, you know, try to ex- expose Ben Roethlisberger's elbow to these, you know, 50-yard bombs to, you know, Juju or, or Johnson or Washington. Maybe it's a few dump-offs. You know, you could easily see James Conner picking those up really in the first half too. All right. Uh, let's talk some DFS looking at, so you can actually play a classic version of DFS for Monday night because there are two games. Like you don't have mm-hmm. to just do showdown. That's, that's kind of intriguing to me because you can mix and match from two games. It's a little bit less random, uh, but let's talk about the showdown when we talk about the Pittsburgh and New York, the top captain choices, Barkley first 16,200. Ben, Big Ben, 15-300, James Conner, 14-4, Juju, 13-8, Daniel Jones, 13-5, Evan Ingram, 12. Again, we talk, mention this all the time. It's gotta be, you got if you're gonna do a showdown, it needs to be correlated. You need to figure out how the game is gonna, your lineup, your whole lineup has to be correlated together. You don't want to have like Saquon Barkley, you don't want to, you don't want to have all the Pittsburgh passing options and all the Giants passing options. You want to have like if you think the Steelers are going to blow them out, maybe you have the Steelers. I think an intriguing option here, very cheap, eight eighty one hundred Steelers defensive unit as your captain. I, I wonder how many people that's would my do pick. that. That is the way. Yeah. That's what. That's what. That's that's exactly how you should play this because you know when you when you're looking at guys like Saquon Barkley or, or any of the quarterbacks. You are spending so much money for that captain spot that it limits what you can do on the rest of your roster. If you can look at this Steelers defense, and I think a lot of us think, you know, it, it could be one of the top in the NFL once again. Yeah. Maybe, you know, it could easily be top five. You get 1800 on that. It's a point, you know, 1.5 times the amount you're talking about whether they get, you know, a fumble turned into a touchdown, pick six, whatever you want to call it, they get into the end zone there. That is tremendous value at a captain spot. And like you said, the ownership might not be there. That's another thing you got to watch right. here. You know, the ownership might not be there for this defense. So to me, that that's a great play if you want to go there. All right, and so if you did that, you can actually do this build. And I, I this might, maybe maybe we're, if, if you and I are both seeing this, and maybe it'll be more popular than, than yeah, you Yeah, that's think. true. But you can do a build where you have the Steelers defense as your captain, Saquon Barkley, Daniel Jones and Evan Ingram with the, the, the idea being that the Giants will be forced to like pass a ton mm-hmm. and just dump off, dump off these passes because they're trailing. And then James Conner and Chris Boswell. So you, you know, you sneak the Steelers kicker in there and then you have Conner who's in theory running downhill. So that's sort of the, that's sort of the build, uh, that you want to do if you, you know, if you're going to ultimately, uh, do, you know, do that kind of build and looking at, uh, I can't find a percent of ownership, uh, out there yet, but I mean, I would, I think that will be kind of popular. The one, if you want to go full contrarian, you do like Daniel Jones as your captain. Right, right. And right. you think that the Giants will just come out with a great game plan and dominate. Or even, I mean, I think the problem is Saquon Barkley will probably be, you know, he's the top owned cap. Maybe he won't be that owned because he's the top option guy. It's a tough, it's a tough, this if is a tough go, game if, because. If you're going to go with Giants, you know, if you're, if you're thinking about putting it, going contrarian, putting Giants in your captain spot, 
I, I still think you should go with the approach of trying to find a cheap option that's going to have low ownership. Like a guy like Darius Slayton to me wouldn't be a bad option there because just like you said, if you think they're going to have to throw it a ton, he's a guy that Daniel Jones had a ton of chemistry with during his rookie yes. season. Super, super cheap. I think he's uh, 7,800 as a captain. So, I mean, you're talking pennies on the dollar in terms of the grand scheme of things. He had over, uh, I think he like, I think he had 15 yards of catch last season. He's a guy that could easily he's, rip he's off. He's gone off on Monday night games too before. So that's a guy that I would keep an eye on there in terms of your captain. If you don't want to, if you want to go super, super contrarian, like galaxy brain going right. against Daniel Jones, going again, you know, going all the way that going down that rabbit hole, you could still put Daniel Jones there. You can fit Saquon. You can really do some things there when you cheapen up that captain spot. All right. Uh, let's take a break. When we come back, we'll talk Broncos and Titans. The all new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. The all-new Hyundai Santa Fe's features like available H-Track all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, available dual wireless charging pads ensure you can take on any adventure. Available H-Track all-wheel drives you can take on the dirt trails and kick up some mud. Standard third-row seating so your whole family can experience the thrill together. Available dual wireless charging pads so no one gets stuck in the great outdoors with a dead phone. Whether you're tailgating out in the dirt lot, Carter Finley, shout out Carter Finley, or whether you're whitewater rafting, taking the entire family on an adventurous trip, maybe you're out camping at Mount Rogers. I used to go as a kid, wish my parents had a Hyundai Santa Fe. The Hyundai Santa Fe is perfect for your family outing. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Titans minus three at the Denver Broncos. The over-under is 41. Uh, Tyler, I don't know about you, or Sully, excuse me. I don't know about you, Sully. The one works. Don't worry about it. Somebody called me, you know, uh, Breach called me Will on the podcast yesterday. That was off-putting. Um, who are you, my mom? <laughs> uh, the um, So, Sully, I don't think we're going to get a bunch of, like, awesome football Monday night. I mean, these these are these are not set up to be great games. Like, your, your teams – now, the Titans probably have the most consistency of all these teams. Uh, they, you know, they, they lose Jack Conklin. Isaiah Wilson uh, won't be out there, I don't think. Um, but, you know, they, they do have Derrick Henry. They do have – you know, Arthur Smith still at coordinator. Mike Vrabel's still there. They added Jadavion Clowney, and then they have Ryan Tannehill. So there's like a lot of – I don't know why the Clowney thing fits in there, but there's a lot of consistency on that offense. There's reason to think they could come in and run the ball well, especially with no Von Miller, no Bradley Chubb. Uh, Titans minus three at the Broncos. The total is 41. What's, uh, what's your lean here early on? See, I loved this game, you know, a couple of weeks ago. I was all about the Broncos. I'm like, oh, this is a great spot for them. You know, this, this home field advantage with the altitude is something that I do think is significant after no preseason and, and really a limited training camp there. I do think that there is a fatigue there that could set in, particularly in the second half for Tennessee. 
But then you lose Von Miller. You, you know, we don't know about Cortland Sutton. He's questionable. It doesn't look like he's going to play. Even if he does play, he's going to be limited. Bradley Chubb, they say, is not 100% coming back from that from that torn ACL a year ago. So it just feels like everything is leaning towards the Titans here. So you could easily see a scenario where now Ryan Tannehill's looking at a clean pocket, should easily put up points in the first half, and then you ride Derrick Henry the rest of the way, and, and that and that's all she wrote. So to me, I'm leaning, you know, I'm giving up the points here with the Titans and just and just rolling with them. It just makes the most sense. Yeah, I mean, I feel like a it feels sort of stupid to be a complete donkey, right? And to take the Steelers and the Titans. Mm-hmm. I know. And normally I would say, ah, I disagree with you, Sully. I think the Broncos are a sleeper here. I I don't see how you don't take the Titans and the Steelers. In these they days. they would have been. That's the thing. They they would have been a, a solid pick if they were fully healthy. But right now it just feels like they're one of those snake pit teams to start the year where injuries are starting to creep up. And and now you're talking about you know Drew Locke, first year starter. You know, starting the year as the starter. You have a, a very inexperienced receiving core. I mean, Jerry Judy's in his rookie year. You have, you know, Noah Fant going into his second year. There's just a lot of unknowns there. We don't even really know how the backfield's going to shake out. So I, I just don't know if they're going to be able to put up points. With a guy like Clowney, you know, that defense is still very, very good. Malcolm Butler's coming back. So to me, it, it just makes a lot of sense to point that way. I don't want to overthink it too much and try to, you know, see where I can find value. It, it just, I'm just kind of taking it as it is. Yeah. And, Look, I'm going to tell you right now, I don't know how you – I mean, maybe this is a sucker bet. I don't know. But a Titans-Steelers money line parlay pays out over one-to-one. Hmm. Like, all you do – all you got to do, they just got to win. You don't, you don't even have to, like – I mean, you don't even have to – you don't have to cover anything. Just yeah. go out and win. The Steelers and the Titans go out and win, and that's it. Um, I like that. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I think that's a pretty good spot. I tend to lean towards the under here as well. Uh, 41 uh, – is now down to uh, one fifteen. I just don't think there's gonna be a lot of points. The Broncos yeah. aren't interested in being up tempo. The Titans can score quickly, but I think they'll probably be methodical. I don't. I think the Broncos will come out with a good energy in the in the first half and try to be as you know upbeat about what the things that they've lost over the last uh, you know the last few weeks. But I mean, it's gonna be tough to stop Derrick Henry. And for as much as we talk about, uh, me, we, we don't talk about it. the conditioning thing is interesting because there's. You know, there's a situation where, you know, you're, you're in this altitude, right? Like it's, it's a tough spot to be in if you're, if you're the, if you're the Titans, cause you're not used to practicing in the altitude. You, you, you had no practice. You're not going to be there early. It's going to be tough. You're going to be sucking wind. So there's a, but I think that maybe that plays to the under. Like they come out, everybody comes out slow. They try to, they're not going to run tempo up there. You know what I mean? So like th- to me, this is an under jam. Yeah, the first half under two, I'd, I'd hit that. It's 20 and a half. I, I'm, I'm just going under on this game the entire way because of what you just said. I mean, Melvin Gordon even said as much to reporters earlier in training camp. He's like, I didn't realize the altitude. I'm, I'm getting my butt kicked out here. Like it's, it's, it's no joke. And so we look at these, you know, you know, no, you know, a lot of these, these stadiums aren't going to have fans, but this is a home field advantage that could still factor in here which is why I'm going to, you know, really pound that under, whether it's first half, the entire game. It, it just makes a lot of sense there. Not even from the altitude standpoint and the conditioning, but from the game script too. Like if you think that the Titans are going to, you know, really come out, you know, guns blazing and try to get a lead and just run on it and sit on it, like you're you're going to just run it with Derrick Henry the rest of the way. And then there goes that under. So to me, it just makes, makes all the sense in the world to go under. What do you think about the Broncos – Team total under 19 and a half. 
I, yeah, I they just score that. three touchdowns. I don't think so. I, I don't I, either. I, I don't think so. I don't see. Vic I don't Fangio see that. is not going to like. It's not like this is a. It's like Sean McVay and the Rams didn't score a ton of points against a bad Cowboys defense on Sunday night. Like I think you're going to see a situation where the, the I don't think the Titans will stretch this lead to like twenty one nothing. And even if they do, they're not going to let Denver just wing it all over the place and come back. Like they can't just open it up on Drew Locke. I, I don't see where I don't see where that uh, that happens either. So. I, I, I think under, under is the play all over the place on really all of these games. Yeah. See, yeah. These games are just going under. Like this, these are not teams that are going to light up the scoreboard all of a sudden. No, no, I, I, I don't see it. You know, maybe not all these games. Like, you know, we were saying earlier, I do like the Steelers kind of lighten it up in the second half, sure. but with, but with this game, it, 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 to me, it just seems like the everything indication will these say are that two it's the above under. average defenses. Yeah. But there's no reason there, there should be a ton of points, uh, in this game. Okay. Let's, uh, let's look at some props. What do you like in Titans and Broncos? The one that really sticks out to me is Philip Lindsay, total rushing yards. I'm going the over here. It's 37 and a half minus 110. Like that to me, I, I look at this backfield and I know that they gave Melvin Gordon, you know, a, a really lucrative contract to bring in to be the starter, but they were named co-starters. It seems like they're going to get split carries here, at least to start. There, ha- you know, it'd be one thing if there was a preseason where you could say, okay, Melvin Gordon has found a rhythm in this backfield, is clearly separating himself for touches, knows the offense. This is the first live game action he's going to get in Denver. We we don't know what it's particularly going to look like, and so I do think that they're going to kind of ease him into this offense, which opens the door for Philip Lindsay to really factor in here. And so, if you're looking at that, and that's another thing here, like if you like this, if you like this part, you should bet this. I'm looking over here and in that same vein, I don't mind going for total rushing and receiving yards, 53 and a half. And that's minus 110. I, I don't mind kind of really hammering Philip Lindsay here to have a big game or not even a big game, just a, you know, mediocre game to factor in here. And so to me, that I like Philip Lindsay kind of getting over those humps. Okay. I'm seeing one on here that I got to see this on my side too, but I'm seeing it on William Hill and it's, it's just a flat out mistake. This is a triple unit mega basher. Adam Humphrey's total receiving yards over under 36 and a half. What? I don't mind that. Why I don't is mind Adam Humphrey? When, 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 did I miss the memo? And Adam Humphrey's is a critical component to the, <laughs> to the Tennessee Titans offensive attack. He has four games last year where he's over 40 receiving yards. They're going against a team that has a decent secondary, lost a bunch of its guys up front and or have guys injured and are, you're going to see Derrick Henry get fed the ball. Mm-hmm. Like right, they 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 would love nothing more than Ryan Tannehill to attempt fifteen passes, yeah. which means you just got to dodge one deep ball to Adam Humphreys or one jailbreak. I don't understand why that number is that high. The one receiving number that I like with with Tennessee is John Smith, the receiving for over twenty seven and a half minus one ten. That's the one. If I'm going to bet like a Titans pass catcher to go over on his receiving marks, that's where I'm going to look. When he when Ryan Tannehill was named the starter yeah. last year in Week Seven on, he averaged thirty four point two yards a game. If he just goes by his average on that point, he's hitting that over. And I actually think he's going to have a you know semi breakout year. In this, in this offense, I like John U. Smith, whether it's for season long fantasy or, or whatever you want to call it. I like that one. If I'm going to bet a Titans pass catcher, that's probably where I'm going to go. I am a huge John U. Smith fan. So I'm with you on this. I think the one thing I would say about John U. Smith, and I don't know if you can get it. I'm looking on here to see if I can figure out how to, how to make it happen. If you can get rush and receiving yards for John U. Smith, you probably can't because he's not a, you know, he's not a running yeah, back. Yeah. They do like to give him carries though. So it would not be stunning to me if John U. Smith 
ended up with a couple of rushing yards as well. So total yards for Johnny Smith, that would be a little bit of an advantage if it's because it's probably going to be close to the same number as the receiving yards. But I agree. I think he'll look Johnny Smith's way. And, you know, this is not a, uh, yeah, this is a, you can, you can get, you can run, play action, roll out Johnny Smith. Get, I mean, you can just see an easy situation where he's hitting a deep crossing route. I like that spot as well. Um, I wouldn't mind Derrick Henry's over receiving yards 14 and a half. Yeah, that's not bad. This is usually like one catch. Yeah. Yeah, I don't mind that because I like his under here with with rushing. Corey Davis is 39 and a half. What is happening? That's wrong. (laughs) That is flat out wrong. What is going on? Why is Corey Davis at 39 and a half? Shouldn't that be a, am I crazy? Is he going to have 40 receiving yards? I think this is what they want you to happen. I think, I think this is exactly, I think they are luring you into the trap, whatever the case may be. But, you know, look, look at what Derek Henry, like what you just said. I like the rushing under here, 96 and a half. I do think they're going to lean on him, but like we're, like kind of we're talking about here with his altitude, you know, Mike Vrabel's, he, he kind of comes from that Bill Belichick standpoint. And I was at the game yesterday and Belichick was swapping guys in and out like it was nobody's business because they haven't had these. You were in the press box yesterday? I was in the press box yesterday. What yes. are you, how, how are you feeling about Cam? It looked great. Look great. Awesome. He, he, you know, the rushing's great. A little, little still needs some time in the passing games. You know, in that second, uh, you know, not to turn this into a Patriots podcast, but second half coming into it was, was probably his best drive there coming in the third quarter. The, the adjustment that I think that they made was we're just going to give you one read pre-snap and you're just going to, you know, chuck it right out there. Cause he was like four for four on that touchdown drive. So yeah. you still got to kind of learn the offense a little bit more, but also the, the personnel for New England at the receiving position stinks. But, you know, again, I think, well, I think, I think Belichick's got a cheat code now that he can, you can come out of the gates and it, with no preseason and no real offseason, run the football a ton, play defense, and you can get Cam acclimated as you go. It's, it's, it's yeah. a really actually ingenious plan. All yes. right. Let's talk a little bit of, uh, and so but anyway, I would say take, I think you take Adam Humphreys under, Corey Davis under. I love the John o. Smith over with you. I'm with you there. I don't hate Derrick Henry. Actually, no, I'm not going to bet Derrick Henry's under receiving yards. That's just. I don't want to mess with Derrick Henry receiving yards. Yeah, Humphreys, Humphreys under, John o. Smith over, and then uh, let me look. I want to see what one more is. Sorry. I, I, well, well, as you look at that, well, I yeah. you know I do like a lottery ticket one. You know, again, don't bet the house on it, but this one I do think is really interesting. Tim Patrick anytime touchdown plus four fifty. That one to me is a little bit interesting, especially if Court and Sutton's out. He's probably going to get the start at the other wide receiver spot to Jerry Judy. You're just talking about Drew Locke finding him once, you okay. know, just, just find him once. And that's something that I think is really interesting. One. Right. I think a lot of people will probably look at Deshaun Hamilton there, but I, I would like Tim Patrick. I would actually take, I think Deshaun Hamilton under with all the, the additions they've had. And here's the other one I like. This is, this is another slammer. Ryan Tannehill over rushing yards, 13 and a half. Yeah. He's going to rush. He, he will, he will get that in the first half. Yep. He'll go now, if they're that. up, if they're up 21 nothing in the second half, he's not going to be running the ball a bunch. But that dude just runs. He's going to yeah. run for 40 yards tonight. I don't, 13 and a half is the wrong number. So yeah, I, I, like I think those, I, I think these Titans props are wildly mispriced. Whoever, if you're listening to this, go get it now before the game starts because these will start moving. These things move like crazy, uh, leading up. It's to, already moved this morning. You know, I was doing an update to this post that, you know, there was a ton of movement. So yeah, yeah I, the I would player props fly all over the place. The markets are, are wild. All right. Let's, uh, let's talk some DFS. What do you think the play is? What's your top captain pick for this particular game? I, I, I love A.J. Brown just for season long, and I mean, he's 12900 It's a really expensive number, but I just love him coming into his second year. I just th- I think if they're going to come out of, you know, if, if we think that they're going to come out of the gates throwing a little bit more to then sh- shift to Derrick Henry rushing, 
it's going to be A.J. Brown that moves the sticks. It's going to be who Brian Tannehill looks at. I, I just think he's an absolute stud. This is one of those situations where I probably wouldn't get too cute, try to find a defense like what we're talking about with the Steelers. I think I would kind of just go Chuck and go A.J. Brown. Again, it's pricey. You're going to have to kind of move things around there. But I do like him there. So I don't know how you get away from Derrick Henry as your captain in this spot. Yeah. Unless you think the Broncos are winning the football game. Yeah. If you do that, look, there's a path. I mean, there's always a path for, for an outcome sure. where the Broncos come out hot and the Titans are forced to pass and Derrick Henry is sort of nullified. I think it's really unlikely, but there's a path there. And if you, if you think that's the path, then obviously don't use Derrick Henry. But I mean, you can go Derrick Henry, Titans defense, grab the two kickers, grab Johnny Smith, toss Ryan Tannehill in there and you, and you still got $3,400 underneath the cap. Yeah, it's the chalk play captain, but where you'll win it is elsewhere on on the on the flexes. Like that's you know again, he's he's the stud of this offense. You know, I, I'm going a little bit off with AJ Brown, but like no, it's I, in that, I think AJ Brown that same, great. It's in that same vein. I mean, you know, you could probably roster both of them either way you slice that. Derrick Henry, you know, there's there's no shame in that whatsoever. Again, chalky, but like you can fix that elsewhere in the roster. And if you do go AJ Brown as your captain, you got to come back and have Derrick Henry yeah, on the yeah, roster exactly. because exactly. the game script there is pass to AJ Brown, get up big, pound the ball with Derrick Henry. If you have to roster Derrick Henry, don't yeah. don't overthink it on, you know. And now the other the other contrarian move would be make the Broncos defense your captain and just like and see maybe they just shut down Derrick Henry. Yeah, and you fade Derrick Henry. Oh, God, you can't. You can't that's, a tough, that's a tough one. Yeah. All right, let's get out of here. Great stuff as always, Sully. Uh, we'll talk to you soon, pal. Thanks for the preview. No problem. When you have sports mixed with your pop culture, along with humor and celebrity interviews, your earbuds are enjoying the Rich Eisen Show. Dan Orlovsky, are you still a Jaden Daniels is the best quarterback available in the draft guy? I think the three things that make it stand out for me are, number one, I think his ball placement versus man coverage is the best in the draft. Every quarterback in the NFL is accurate. He's got the best on tape. Number two, most transferable stuff to the NFL. And then I think the third thing is pocket peace. Search for the Rich Eisen Show on YouTube or wherever you listen.